some of you that may be new or unfamiliar with our order of service, I preach two messages every Sunday as, as, as led by the Spirit of God. One is a prosperity message before we speak the blessing of God over those that give their tithes and offerings to uh, ministries and churches. Uh, we believe that it is God's will for you and I to prosper, be in health even as our soul prospers. Uh, we believe it's God's will to make us rich. And so we are purposing to learn laws from the Word of God, spiritual laws that set the course for our lives. So in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 7, it says this. So it was, as the multitude pressed about to hear the Word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and was washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out from the land a little. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. I'm concluding what we started last week on a message from the Lord that simply says, let God use your boat. Specifically, let Jesus use your boat. One of the first things I notice is, and this is very interesting because in the King James, it says that Peter pray, uh, Jesus prayed Peter to let him use the boat. In the New King James, it says that Jesus asked Peter to let him use his boat. And you think that, you know, the God of the creation, the Lord Jesus, having to put himself in position to ask for something, it must be significant. And I believe that the Lord is asking to use our resources so that he can preach the gospel just as he did on that day. And I want to encourage you, just as I'm encouraging myself, to let Jesus use your boat. The people were gathered together to hear the word of God. And Jesus obviously wasn't in a comfortable position being pressed upon. I mean, his feet are probably standing in water at the shore while people are pressing forward to hear the word of God. They can't hear. So they kind of nudge in a little bit forward. By the, by the time you know it, you, you're backed up against the water. And he sees two boats aside. The fishermen had gone out of them. They're washing their nets. And so he asked Peter, can I use your boat? Can, can I take some time to sit down in your boat? And from the boat, I can preach the gospel that boat represented Peter's moneymaker. I mean, it, rep it represented his finances. 
And sure enough, the time that it would take, you know, he couldn't do certain other things. And he allowed Jesus to use those resources. And in return, after the preaching was done, Jesus tells him to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He had already been out. He hadn't caught anything. He spent a lot of time. They're probably tired. But according to your word, I'm going to let down this net. And when he did, he had taken in more fish than the net could hold. They start putting the fish into the boat so that the boat began to sink. They called to his partners and they came and they filled both boats. Now, what do you all think that Peter did? He's a fisherman. That's his fishing business. They were partners in business. What do you all think what they did with all of those all of those fish? They took them to the market, sold them. And pocketed the money. It benefited them personally, in their business, in their families. And it came as a result of them letting Jesus use their resources in order to preach the gospel. I pray that you and I can glean from that as we allow the Lord to use our resources to preach his gospel even today. So we learned last week that the reason why we give is so that the gospel can be preached. Make sure that's your mindset every time you write a check or send the text to give or give into a church or ministry that's preaching the gospel. Make sure it's it's in your mind. I'm not helping them get cameras or lights or televisions. I'm not helping them, you know, feed the poor or clothe the naked. I'm not helping them uh, uh, to buy buildings or to, to pay salaries. No, I am helping Jesus preach the gospel in that order orphanage, to those that are homeless, to those that are broken. I am helping the gospel to be preached to all the world before the end comes. So the reason why we preach, well, the reason why we give is so the gospel can be preached. It's not so that the church can have money or buy buildings or so that the pastor can eat. We give so the gospel can be preached. The main point is that when you let Jesus use your resources, he in return will fill it. In Luke chapter 8, this is a different passage than what we looked at last week, and so pay attention to this. In Luke chapter 8 verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village doing what? Preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. That word there, glad tidings, is also translated for gospel. So it says again in Luke chapter 8, Jesus is going into another place preaching the gospel. Right? So it came to pass that he went to every city and village preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Verse 2, and the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities... Mary Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable and he said, a sower went out to sow his seed. And of course, we could go on and read that. 
But I just wanted to point those few things out. Isn't this interesting? Why do we have verse 2 and verse 3 even recorded? That there were not only the 12 disciples with him that followed him everywhere he went, but there were also women, certain women, that provided for him out of their substance, out of their resources, out of their, out of their money. And they, they provided for him. And then it says that he went, he went preaching the gospel and a multitude was gathered to him and he began to preach one of the greatest messages in the Bible by Jesus. A sower went out to sow. A sower sows the word. So let's look at this for a minute. Why, why, why do we know? Why do we need to know? Why is this eternally recorded? That there were people that supported him financially. They provided for him. As the scripture directly says, provided for him to do what? Well, he's preaching the gospel. Now, naturally, I'm sure those monies went to help buy food for the disciples as they traveled along with them. Maybe they gave to, well, not maybe they gave. We know that they did give to the poor and the needy out of the resources that were given into Jesus' ministry. Judas was stealing from the bag. They thought that Judas went to, to give to the poor, and, and then surely he had done it many times. But for whatever it was, if it cost them to stay in, in different places, if it cost them to use boats to go to the other side, if it cost, those finances were used physically to do the stuff, but ultimately those that provided for him, provided for him so that he could do what it was God called him to do, which is preach the gospel. I hope this shapes the way we think about money and giving to God. We don't give to the church because the church needs money. We give to the Lord so that he can preach his gospel in the earth. So provided for him from what? Well, the scripture says they provided for him from their substance. Isn't that interesting? Because the Bible teaches us to honor the Lord with our substance. Come on, y'all can say that a little stronger than that. In Proverbs chapter 3, doesn't the Bible teach us to honor the Lord with our substance and with the first fruits of all of our increase? And doesn't he promise that when we do that, that our barns will be filled with plenty and that our instruments and equipment and things we use for work will burst out with new production? And so it is in this day. There are many that honor the Lord with their substance and provide for Jesus to preach the gospel from their substance. I close with Mark chapter 10 and verse number 28. One more note before I go there. I always also thought it was very interesting in Luke chapter 8 that it's pointed out that there's people that are providing for him out of their substance. And then he starts teaching on the laws of sowing and reaping. That a sower sows. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it was inspired. He's acknowledging that there are people that are supporting me and helping me get this gospel out. And I hope that they know that when they do that, they're sowing seeds. 
And when you sow seed into good ground so that good can be done, you're going to reap some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what you give. The disciples, one day, they, they, there was a young man that came, and he wanted to know what he needed to do in order to enter in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus told him, uh, you know, just do what the word says do. And the young man said, well, I've been doing that since I was a child. Jesus looked at him in a lovingly way, and he said, there's one thing that you're, you're not doing. There's one thing that you're hung up on. He said, go your way, sell what you have, give to the poor. And the young man walked away. Very sad at that. And Jesus told him, he said, those that are rich, it'll be hard for them to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those that have substance. The disciples were astonished when he said that. And I'm, 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 I'm just preparing Mark chapter 10. They were astonished when he said that because they were rich. They had substance. They had businesses. And they were like, well, who then can be saved? And he said, well, how hardly it is that those who trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then, of course, in verse 28, Peter began to say to him, Well, look, Lord, we have left everything and followed you. We sold, we gave, and we left everything to follow you. And Jesus answered and said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, who shall not receive a hundred times now in this time, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. What is he saying? They said, Jesus, we gave it all so that we can follow you. And he said, assuredly, let me tell you, there's no one that gives for my sake or for the gospel's sake. The the subtitle for this message is giving for the gospel's sake. See, when you give your tithes and offerings at Faith Family Church, we're going to preach the gospel. We're going to preach the good news that if you obey God, He'll bless you. He'll say something good over your life that's going to enable you to prosper and empower you to succeed. And He said, there's nobody that gives for my sake or for the gospel's sake who will not receive in this time a hundred Times as much as they give. Whoo, isn't that powerful? So I challenge you today, as he's talking about giving for the gospel's sake, this is why we give. We give so the gospel can be spread all over the world. And when we give for the gospel's sake, Jesus will fill your boat. Come on, when we give for the gospel's sake, you will receive a hundred times as much as you give. Amen? Amen. Did you all get anything out of that today?